electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones. From powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY. A big idea that inspired the world to invest differently. And still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the funds, investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. This is Squawk Pod. I'm CNBC producer Katie Kramer. Today on our podcast, Boom Goes the Consumer. Retailers report a big quarter fueled by pent-up demand after a year online shopping. Walmart is already taking on Amazon Prime. So what's next? No content yet. No programming yet. Who knows down the road what they're going to be doing, but no, no content at this point. No content yet. Getting to work post-COVID employment with Ohio Senator Rob Portman. The COVID issue is... Thank God, finally getting behind us. And this is an opportunity for us to get back to school, back to work, you know, back to a more normal life. And conservatives are pushing back. CNBC's Eamon Javers on woke capitalism and why one group is campaigning against it. If you're going to engage in politics, you might start to see people treating you like a political figure, which we haven't normally seen with CEOs in this country. It's Tuesday, May 18th, 2021. Squawk Pod begins right now. Good morning and welcome back to Squawk Box right here on CNBC. I'm Andrew Ross Sorkin along with Becky Quick and Joe Kernan. Take a look at U.S. futures. Today on the podcast, one year of pandemic consumers. Public health restrictions and social distancing sent shoppers from the malls and the aisles to click, click and purchase online. The last 14 months have been a boon for the big box retailers, which were categorized as essential last spring, so able to stay open for the day-to-day needs of Americans staying at home, as well as offer supplies and an outlet for projects, do-it-yourself, furnishing, and home upgrades. Home Depot reported financial performance for the first quarter of the year today and was a huge win, earning $3.86 per share. There were 447 million plus customer transactions, up almost 20% from last year's first quarter. And people are spending more when they shop at Home Depot. The average ticket is about $82. That's a 10% increase. Walmart as well surged way past expectations. Total revenue grew by nearly 3% to $138 billion in the quarter. The nation's biggest brick-and-mortar retailer also has an eye on pent-up demand, fueled by consumers ready to get out. Here's CNBC's retail reporter, Courtney Reagan. You know, I spoke to Walmart CFO Brett Biggs, who said, quote, stimulus helped in Q1. And because of that, we increased profit and revenue guidance. He added what we are seeing right now in Q2 is part of the reasoning as well. And Biggs also said, I think overall the consumer is in good shape. There's a lot of money out in the system. We are seeing spending rates healthy, savings rates also near all time highs. So we still believe that there is pent up demand. What kind of pent up demand for items? Well, Big says, Becky, for items like bicycles, printers, and you can tell people are starting to get back out buying things like teeth whitener. Back over to you. (laughs) Coming out from behind the masks, probably lipsticks are up on that. Exactly. Um, Exactly. Yep. I know one of the things that Walmart, that uh, the streets, Wall Street's been waiting to hear about is Walmart Plus. Um, Any indication in in the release on this or is this just something you got to wait for the call to hear more about? 
Yeah, I think we're going to have to wait for the call and see if they're going to give us any indication about Walmart Plus. I have a feeling they're going to say it's early days, but we're <laughs> encouraged. It's just my gut feeling. It's sort of, you know, the way that things have been going for Walmart lately when they announce new programs. It's sort of the way they take it in the early going without giving us a lot of specifics. Court, thanks. Walmart Plus, that, that's their streaming service? What is, uh, how are they doing? No, no, no. It's, it's like, it's their equivalent of Amazon Prime. You know, you I'm get kidding. some special yeah, yeah. additional things. You get th- things like Why would Amazon have a streaming service? Their- oh, wait. Wait, why would Amazon or Walmart? Uh, it's also confusing. Maybe Walmart will Well, they are moving. I mean, you, you know about the TikTok tie-up for Walmart, the thing that they've been interested in doing. Things right. are definitely moving in different directions. And, and this Crazy. is kind of their answer to Amazon Prime, a way to really get more information about their customers. No content And, and they yet. do that no by offering things yet. like coupons, discounts yeah. at gas at Walmart stores. Yeah, and, and who knows down the road what they're going to be doing. But no, no content oh at this point. But no it is their way yet. to kind of learn much more about their customers. And the ex- expectation is they probably have somewhere between 8 and 9 million customers at this point that have signed up. Maybe we'll hear more about that. Maybe we won't. But Amazon Prime, remember, launched all the way back in 2005. And I think they have something like 200 million people who are using Amazon Prime. So a lot of ground to try and, and make up. But again, it's their way to really get to know their customer and, and, and have much more information about them. My cable bundle is now a streaming bundle. Why don't we, we should start a company where we put out the, no, I guess we can't, but now isn't it the same, it's like the same thing. Now I got a streaming bundle. Uh, I have too many of those. Yep. Well, the, the thing is now you have a streaming bundle and a cable bundle. A streaming bundle and a cable. Because right. yeah. you're paying for both. Money. That's, and I, that's and, the And there's times where I still can't. Those. It's like, Jesus, there's nothing on. Uh, watching the John Wayne Gacy thing, you know. That I creepy know. clown that two of promo there's dragged two, you in? There's two Sucker. of them because they have interviews with him. There, there's two of them, uh, actually. They're, they're on, on competing. Uh, yeah, I love true crime. I've mentioned that before. love true crime. Sorkin, have you, have you seen this mayor stuff? Did you, have you seen Mayor of Easttown yet? Did, and have you seen I the have most? watched the first four episodes. Do you see the most recent I one? Think the fifth was just on Sunday night, and I have not seen that yet because it's oh, past uh, my bedtime, as you amazing, know. Amazing. But actually, amazing. I was up on Sunday night dealing with this discovery. Don't read anything news. about it. Don't read anything about it and watch that. I saw it yesterday, and I'm uh, just don't okay. read anything about it. Watch we will, it. We will Get do back a, to me. I, I'll, I'll, I'll give you a call after I finish watching. California's state coffers are overflowing. There's a growing debate over how to spend uh, that surplus. Robert Frank joins us now with more. It's burning a hole in their pockets, I guess, Robert. Yeah, it's amazing, Joe. Just a year ago, California was projecting a budget deficit of more than $50 billion. That was the worst since the financial crisis. Instead, now they have a budget surplus of $76 billion. That is more than the entire state budgets of Pennsylvania or Massachusetts. The reason? IPOs, soaring tech stocks, and massive stock sales by founders and venture capital firms. The top 1% of California earners pay nearly half of its income taxes, and a lot of their income comes from capital gains. About a quarter of the more than 400 companies that listed shares last year were from California, with tens of billions of dollars flowing into California coffers. The state will also get about $25 billion 
from the federal stimulus. That's in addition to the 76, bringing the total to over 100 billion. So, Joe, as you mentioned, what to do with all this extra cash? Well, Governor Gavin Newsom plans to send checks of up to $1,100 to all Californians who make less than $75,000 a year. It's unclear how long all this windfall will last. California's population declined by 182,000 people last year. That was the first population loss in recorded history. Joe? So, wait, I'm just trying to sort all this out. So, so you're saying that a successful private sector has generated tax revenue for, for the state. Is that what you're saying? Yes. That is I'm what trying I'm to get saying. My arms and and far beyond what anyone expected. Here's my question. Is it, 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 that's a lot of money. Are these outsized taxes going to cause some of the people, the, the proverbial gooses that are laying golden eggs, is it going to cause uh, some of these guys to exit? We've already seen some move to Texas. Yeah, look, I mean, as I mentioned at the end, last year was the first time in recorded history that California had a population decline. We don't know exactly how many of those were high earners. It appears for right now, given this tax windfall, that not enough of the wealthy have left, if in fact they have, to damage the tax base. And, you know, again, these are capital gains from 2020. Maybe they will declare their tax residency somewhere else for 2021. And we will see that this year and beyond. But for right now, the the wealthy taxpayers are holding up California and what what they're calling these golden state stimmies. So we have a whole second set of uh, stimulus checks that are going to go out to Californians. Again, anyone making less than $75,000 a year will get up to $1,100 in a golden state stimmy. So right now they're in a good place. Robert, you would even say it's not just the private sector that I'm talking about. These are kind of Wall Street tinged items that you what you mentioned ipos and stock sales and so so this the surplus is coming from wall street horrible those those greedy uh, you know self-centered people on wall street are generating some of this well here's what's amazing and people have been talking about the decline of california we've heard a lot of prominent executives talk about that but 25% of all the companies that raised capital in the markets last year, that's from IPOs to SPACs to everything, 25% were in California. That is not counting the venture capital firms that were invested in all the other companies that were not based in California, but that had venture capital. And that's a huge share. So, you know, that California wealth machine, which is both tech and venture capital, just had huge gains in the market last year, thanks in part to the Fed and thanks to the recovery and vaccines and everything else. But that California wealth machine is still very much intact, but very reliant on the most volatile form of taxes, which is capital gains. Hey, Robert, not to mention that they're doing this and handing out checks to everybody because they're so wealthy right now. At the same time, they're getting $25 billion in federal stimulus. Yeah, I mean, that, that's what was amazing to me. They've got 76 just from a, a tax surplus. And then in addition to that, they have 26. So Gavin Newsom, who, of course, is in the middle of a recall vote. You could not ask for a better political layup right now than the ability to basically write a budget that has $100 billion extra in funds. He's funding uh, education. He's funding rent. He's funding utility bills for people. I mean, you can basically fund every dream 
of that state government that they want to fund. Now, the question, of course, especially if we get an increase in the federal capital gains rate, which could dry up capital gains realizations and sales, that could hurt revenue for the next fiscal year. And then you've budgeted based on this huge revenue that you don't no longer have. Just, just, just for discussion, right, Robert, nothing like saving for a rainy day. Right. Just for discussion, just, just to get it out there, can you send a memo to, to uh, Bernie, uh, Liz, maybe AOC, and just highlight, just say, look, just factor this into your thinking next time. Next time you're, you know, demagoguing and pontificating and virtue signaling and everything else. Could you, you want me to do it? Or do you, you know, want? I think Joe, huh? No, I'm, sh- I'm sure you do all it? of them, I'm sure all three of them are watching right now because they love CNBC. I'm sure they're all watching. So they heard. They right. know. They're, they're, maybe they're trading crypto or something uh, as they're watching. Uh, flipping houses <laughs> exactly. like some of them have done in the past. Uh, okay, Robert, I, crazy. I, I, minus 50 to plus 75. That's deep. That is deep. I'm talking billions. Yep. That's... That is a that's a turn. I was surprised to hear the story when I was introing it because I thought that uh, that they had blown all all the money. Thanks, Robert. Next on Squawk Pod, we're getting back to work or are we jobs, hiring and post covid pay with Ohio Senator Rob Portman. Roughly 42 percent of people are making more on average on unemployment insurance than they were at their jobs. The senator joins us from the steps of the Capitol in Washington, where the 2021 cicada emergence has begun. First cicada, guys. What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration. Our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow, today. Pursue your tomorrow with PGIM, a leading global asset manager. You're listening to Squawk Pod. Good morning and welcome back to Squawk Box uh, here on CNBC. It's Tuesday. I'm Joe Kernan, along with Becky Hicker and Andrew Rosser. We're making progress on today's show, but we've got a big lot left. We reported yesterday the findings of a new CNBC morning consult survey of 1,000 unemployed workers. It found that almost 90% said that they have not been offered a job within the last six months, although most are actively looking. And of those who rejected an offer, almost two-thirds said uh, that unemployment benefits were not a reason at all. At the same time, many business owners say they can't find uh, workers, leading to concerns on Capitol Hill over supplemental aid. We're joined now by Senator Rob Portman. Senator, in the same finding, it also said that I think 37 percent said they didn't want to take a job because it wasn't paying enough. We didn't tie that to the benefits for some reason. I, I, that immediately said to me, even though a lot of employers are offering higher wages to try to induce people to come back, there's still 37 percent saying that it's not high enough for me to come back, which just confirms what I guess we were trying to say wasn't being confirmed. That's the way I read it. I mean, if 37 percent say it's not enough money and we're up in the 15 to 20 dollar range higher than it's been, then people can stay at home and make more money at home. Well, Joe, that's apparently what's what's happening. I mean, there are 8.1 million jobs open right now, which is historic. We've never had that many jobs open in the United States of America. And we do have a situation where a lot of people who are on unemployment insurance can make more there than they can at work. Roughly 42 percent of people 
are making more on average on unemployment insurance than they were at their jobs. And that doesn't include the tax break that the Democrats put in this COVID bill, which is that the first $10,000 is tax-free. So if you're a truck driver making thirty-five grand a year and uh, you're working hard, you don't get that tax break. But if you're on unemployment insurance, you do. So that, that seems kind of unfair. So, it, look, it's, it's, it's obvious. I mean, if you're out in the real world, there are help-wanted signs everywhere. People are paying big bonuses. Uh, driving into the airport yesterday morning, uh, I go by Frisch's Big Boy. They're offering 250 bucks. McDonald's is offering a $500 signing bonus. Uh, a buddy of mine who's a manufacturer, she's offering 1000 She can't get anybody. She's got 60 positions open in Ohio. By the way, 30 positions open in New York. And she's going to fill those ones in Ohio first if Ohio gets rid of the $300 additional federal supplement because she could hire people in Ohio. So it's going to be a competitive advantage for those states that are stepping forward. And by the way, about 15 states have already stepped forward and said, you know, we're going to have to end this $300 additional federal supplement, which, as you know, is extraordinary. We haven't done that before. Um, we did it in the last Great Recession, but we did it to the tune of about 25 bucks a week, not right. 600 and 300 bucks a week. So, Senator, it's, I, uh, I, mean, I mean, look, it's, it's important to get people back to work. Yeah. I mean, if you don't want to blame that government program for why people are staying home, you can at least blame not having the schools the uh, reopening quick enough because that that is a problem because people don't have uh, don't have a way a to go yeah that's a, that that's is, a problem but that's that is, also government that is one of the issues up, probably to some extent well there, there are people who are saying i'm sure in the survey and and by the way this tilts toward women more and you look at the numbers in terms of women who are out of the workplace first versus men it's it's a higher proportion and and they will say you know i i can't afford child care and that's an issue and a lot of that's driven by the fact that their kids are not in school only 54% of schools, K-12, have been open full-time. So this is, this is an issue, too, and that will be resolved, I hope, very soon because, you know, the COVID issue is, thank God, finally getting behind us. And this is an opportunity for us to get back to school, back to work, you know, back to a more normal life. Yeah. Um, and, and then just safety concerns, obviously, when you're coming out of a pandemic like that, that's going to cause some people maybe not to want to uh, go back and or go go back to a a physical place to work. Uh, I guess so. That that's all part of it. What, do you think well, there's, there's some of that too? But but this but this three hundred dollars continues until Labor Day, and it continues into September. And you know, look, the the economy is 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 red hot. The jobs are out there. Obviously, uh, people are desperate for workers, and there are companies in Ohio that are actually shutting down, and those jobs are being lost because they don't have any workers. So it's it's uh, in the real world. <laughs> this is a big problem. Right. You were always a very uh, measured uh, Republican and, and conservative. Do you have any answers if, or advice for the GOP in terms of the the schism? And I'm not saying there's no schisms on, on the left either. Uh, obviously, with some of the things proposed by the far left, just watching it play out this week has been mind boggling or in the last week has been mind boggling. But. Republicans don't seem to know who they are uh, right now, whether they're deplorables, whether they're uh, classic conservatives. Is it a big tent? You need everybody? Yeah, it's, it's got to be a big tent. You know, politics is about addition, not subtraction, and it's about adding more people. But, Joe, I think the Republican Party actually, you know, is doing pretty well right now because of President Biden and the progressive Democrats who are taking the country to the left. And that lurch to the left is not where most people are. And you look at the incredibly high spending rates and the incredibly high taxes that are being proposed, and, and you look at some of the issues that they're talking about, like statehood for Puerto Rico and D.C. and packing the Supreme Court. I mean, you know, these are issues that folks don't, don't support. Right. So it, it gives the Republican Party the ability to kind of 
reframe our, our policy agenda, which is ultimately what okay. makes a party strong. So our ideals and our policies is what ought to lead. Senator, thank you. Uh, appreciate it. Good to see you. And uh, Frisch's. I haven't hey, heard Frisch's. We, we, we got the, we got the, the raging inflation. We've got the UFOs. And now we've got the cicadas. This is my first cicada. I just oh my found God. here this morning on the Capitol grounds. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I'm going to let him right. go. Thank you. Coming up on Squawk Pod, a conservative nonprofit is launching a seven-figure campaign today, pushing back against woke capitalism and some CEOs. That's going for the jugular, pointing out some of the hypocrisy. At the UPS Store, we know things can get busy this upcoming holiday. You can count on us to be open and ready to help with any packing and shipping or anything else you might need. Is there anything you can't do? Um, actually, I don't have a good singing voice. <clears throat> the UPS... Nope. But our certified packing experts can pack and ship just about anything. At least that's good. The UPS Store. Be unstoppable. Most locations are independently owned. Product, services, pricing, and hours of operation may vary. See center for details. Come in today to get your holiday goodies there on time. This is Squawk Pod. Here's Joe Kernan. A conservative nonprofit is pushing back against chief executives, launching an ad campaign to fight what it calls woke capitalism. That ship, I think, might have sailed. Eamon Javers joins us now with the CNBC exclusive. The horse is out of the barn. Toothpaste is out of the tube. Can't put Humpty Dumpty back together again, Eamon. This is here to stay. I, I see it every day, everywhere. Yeah, and Joe, well, look, this group in particular says that they want to force companies to reconsider some of the political stances they've taken over the past year. And what they're doing is launching what they say is a seven-figure ad campaign, launching it today. This is going to be just north of a million dollars in spending overall. They're going to be sharply critical of the CEOs of American Airlines, Coca-Cola, and Nike. The whole campaign is designed to force companies to reconsider some of these political stances that they've taken. The ads are going to run on CNBC, Fox Business, and local stations in the cities where these companies are headquartered. The nonprofit group behind it all is Consumers Research. Uh, They say they're not going to disclose the financing of this program. So we don't know who's spending all this money. These feel very much like political campaign ads. They're going to criticize American Airlines CEO Doug Parker for high pay at a time of layoffs and taxpayer bailouts. They're going to target Coca-Cola CEO James Quincy over obesity in America. They're going to criticize Nike CEO John Donahoe over allegations of forced labor in China. Yesterday, I talked to the, the leader of this group and I asked him what message he's trying to get across here. Here's what he had to say. Increasingly, they're taking positions on legislation that has nothing to do with their business. And this is at the same time that the quality of their products and services is going down. They've taken their eye off the ball. Now, the flashpoint here is these voting rights laws in Texas and in Georgia in particular. American Airlines had this to say about their position. They said, as a Texas-based business, we must stand up for the rights of our team members and customers who call Texas home and honor the sacrifices made by generations of Americans to protect and expand the right to vote. So a real flashpoint issue here, Joe. Uh, This group trying to uh, turn the debate around a little bit or at least give some of these CEOs something else to think about in terms of pushback from the right as opposed to the criticism that might get from the left for not acting here. So the CEO's very much caught in the middle, Joe. Those are some sticky points. Uh, Obesity and Coke. Uh, I I can think of some others. Uh, A lot of companies that do a lot of business in China uh, is another. And so that's going for the jugular uh, with some of these... uh, Yeah. Uh, Pointing out some of the hypocrisy. And we all know we're all all part of the same hypocrisy. Right, Senator? Godfather, too, Eamon. But uh, uh, just never think it applies. Never think it applies. I just rewatched that the other day. It holds up. Oh, 
doesn't it? Look, I mean, Pacino. The, the idea here, it really does. It really does. Look, the idea here is that you're going after these companies on sort of unrelated issues, right? You, you talk about obesity in, in children and that, that sort of thing. I mean, that's not really related to the Flashpoint uh, voter rights uh, issue right. here. Uh, but when you think about it, uh, this is sort of a welcome to the NFL kind of a moment. You know, if you're going to engage in politics, you might start to see people treating you like a political figure, which we haven't normally seen with CEOs in this country. And you're going to get these sort of negative oppo style ads uh, running against you. Yeah. And then, of course, making the, the point that, you know, you're willing to talk about politics here in the United States, but how come you're not willing to talk about uh, political you, abuses you in China? You got that guy's phone number, I mean? in, And suspiciously quieter on that. You got the guy's phone yes. number, his email. Yes. Do you, you do. Yeah. Do you That's have part his, of the job? We're gonna uh, let's have him on. We're, we're gonna put him on. Is that all right with sure. you, or, or is, you, you, yeah, you don't absolutely. mind? Okay, we may Amy, do that. I'll, Amy, I'll text is, you both right after this segment. Yep. <laughs> okay. Amen. Who's financing uh, what he's doing? Yeah, that's what we don't know. The, the group is a nonprofit, and they say they respect donor privacy, and so they're not going to say who's paying for all this. So that's a big unknown in all in all this. It's, so it's, say, it's, just a, over it's an anonymous dollars, effort. We don't know where that money's coming from. That's right. It's an anonymous political effort. Fascinating. Okay. No. Is it? That's right. It, but do we know it's not Satan, Eamon? I think that's the question Andrew's asking. Is it, is it, is it not Satan, or do, do we don't know? We don't know how to get in touch with, uh, uh, with him. We conjure it up, maybe. I'll, I'll let you report out that, that <laughs> angle, Joe. <laughs> all right. Thank you, uh, Eamon Jones. Joe, I think we should have him on. If he'll disclose who's paying him. Uh, great if he won't idea. disclose who's paying him, then I think we probably shouldn't have him on. But does but, it really matter which conser- conservative organization it is, Andrew? They're all bad. I mean, does it really matter which no, one it is? No, <laughs> but I think it's important that we... I know. We, I think we just... It's, it's important I to know, know, I know who's financing this stuff. I we're, know. We're, Always got to follow the money. The that's that's the what bottom. we're about here. The rush to the bottom. It's just bad, less bad, and, and very bad for those, those types. And that's Squawk Pod for today. Thanks for listening. Squawk Box is hosted by Joe Kernan, Becky Quick, and Andrew Ross Sorkin. Tune in weekday mornings on CNBC at 6 Eastern. You can get us every day right in your feed when you subscribe to Squawk Pod. And if you like what you hear, please leave a rating or write a review on Apple Podcasts. Share this podcast with a friend. It all helps. And we'll meet you back here tomorrow. At Capella University, you'll get support from people who care about your success. From before you enroll to after you graduate, pursue your goals knowing help is available when you need it. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu.